There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What up? It's the Crossover Pod Friday edition. I'm Howard Beck, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. We have reached... The unofficial start of NBA trade season. Quick note, there's actually no such thing as NBA trade season. We in the media just sort of made that term up because, you know, it makes for an easy hook. And people love trades and trade rumors and everything that goes with it. And uh, frankly, this is how we pander to it. There is no trade season. December 15th is simply the date at which a lot more guys who signed over the summer are eligible to be traded. And yes, it loosens up the market for trades, but there, there's not really a trade season, folks. People could have made trades like a week ago. Um, they're not going to make trades today just because we've hit December 15th. It's all silly, but we love trades and we love trade talk. And if we're going to discuss trades, potential trades, intel, all the latest rumblings around the league, there is no one better than my pal Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports. He is my guest today. Jake's as plugged in as anyone covering this league, and he's had a couple of really timely uh, stories lately as well. One about Joel Embiid that got some buzz, which we will discuss, and one on Jordan Poole, which seems especially timely now given Steph Curry's shoulder injury and his likely absence for the next couple of weeks. How do the Warriors proceed from here? Does that impact their trade market uh, discussions? And which teams are we keeping an eye on across the league and how will the unprecedented parody this season, which I wrote about recently, how will that impact all the trade discussions? We will discuss all of that. Before we get to it, a quick reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts and hit me with your feedback on Twitter at Howard Beck. Okay, my conversation with Jake Fisher is coming up next, so stick around. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Back. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Back. Now very pleased to be joined live from an undisclosed Homewood Suites somewhere in the continental U.S., Jake Fisher. Jake, live from your kitchenette. It's 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 nice. It's got some nice dark uh, stained wood there. Um, I see a microwave. Probably came with some like a free bag of microwave popcorn. Do they do that at the Homewood Suites? There was no free bag of microwave popcorn. Oh, but come on. I got two free water bottles upon entry, and as a New Yorker, I'm always suspect of the quality of the tap water whenever I leave <laughs> the greater New York City area, so we appreciated the bottles of water, although 
from an environmental standpoint, getting the plastic bottles is always a tough, a tough pain, but you know, it is what it is sometimes. That is, that is a quandary. I appreciate there's at least a few hotels I've been to in the last year where they've gotten rid of the water bottles entirely. And they now have like just the dispensers, the ones where like the, the machine where you can just go up, put your bottle in and it has a little sensor there, fills up your bottle. So I've taken to trying to travel with the bottle. I'm trying to be good, but you're, it's hard. You go to a hotel, they're just going to keep shoving uh, plastic bottles of water in your hands. And you know, what are we going to do then? Yeah. Uh, appreciate you joining me while out on the road on assignment um and in a busy crazy week in the nba uh they're all busy crazy weeks i don't know why we even bother distinguishing one from the next so i wanted we're speaking the morning after the news on steph curry so i do want to get to steph curry and his shoulder and what it means for the warriors um and some trade season uh chatter because we just had the ridiculous unofficial opening of trade season december 15th i don't know why we do this we'll, we'll talk about why we do this it's the unofficial opening of trade season and it means absolutely nothing but that's fine um i want to start with joel Embiid though and the sixers uh because while i don't necessarily think the sixers are going to be active uh trade well they've got daryl Morey as gm they'll always be active in the trade market at least looking around and, and scouring um but they're one of the interesting kind of below, I don't want to say below the radar, but they're kind of been off the radar early in the season. Injuries, underachieving a bit, um, still don't know what they are. As you and I speak, they're three games over 500, and you had some time with Joel Embiid within the last week, uh, one-on-one with him, talking about the state of things, his partnership with James Harden, the Sixers' hopes and dreams, uh, and some strange detours that the conversation took that we'll get into in a second. But uh, let's just start with this. You you talked to Joel Embiid one-on-one. He doesn't do a ton of these. Um, curious a little bit, just from a reporter standpoint, how it came sure. about. I know you did a book about the Sixers, too, or, or with a lot of Sixers in it anyway. So you've been around that team a lot. Um, how, did it, how did you end up having the one-on-one with Joel Embiid? What is the sense you're getting from Joel Embiid about his um the state of affairs there and how he's feeling about where the Sixers are right now yeah so this is Friday December 16th so last Thursday so a little over a week ago took the train down from New York um to do a story on a a, a separate Sixers player I'll, I'll say that it's not a big huge uh needle moving topic but he's got an interesting story and um uh, when I went down there, though, I, I I made sure to tell Sixers PR, you know, to really sell the the Amtrak ticket to the bosses, it would be nice to make sure that I can get Joel's voice in this. Um, so, I mean, you're 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 the veteran of this industry. I'm sure you've done way more. You, know, you walk and talk as they're walking to the team bus or they're heading to their car after a game or a shoot around, or whatever. That's what I was expecting to get with Joel. Honestly, I was standing with PR at the practice facility, like literally between the exit to the par- player's parking lot. And you're kind of, I mean, I just told a friend, I'm about to head to shoot around here um, to sit down with someone. I told a friend yesterday, like to me, maybe this is wrong, but I never, I never expect even like a guaranteed availability to happen until it happens. Right. Cause that's Absolutely. just kind of the nature of the business. So with Joel, even that day, PR was like, we'll see what kind of mood he's in because you're right. He has not very often wanted to really sit down and talk with people. I remember reading Mark Stein's newsletter recently about um, asking him about the French national team, and he didn't seem too eager to talk there. So I'm, I'm standing, and if I'm being storytelling, uh, tell me, but it's a podcast, and we got to fill 40 minutes. So <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it to a close in that. I was expecting him to just talk for a few minutes about this other teammate and which that's thorough run around Christmas day. Um, and he just pointed to the, the table like five feet away and like pulled up a seat on his own volition. Um, and I brought, I brought a copy of my book to give to him because he was in it pretty often and figured it'd be a nice little touch. And it was cool. He, he looked at it. He goes, Oh, built to lose. Like I've, I, I, I've seen a lot of these around here and you know the the question that I kind of wrote more artfully before the Q and A started in the story of like, um, you know, give me give a message to the fans who are kind of frustrated. I said to him, 
what I what I directly said to him was, you know, I'm obviously I, I, I'm from here, and he goes, yeah, I know you're from Jersey. So he clearly huh. he paid attention, like he he clearly um, felt that I was someone who has been around the team. I, I I understand what he's gone through from before he was even drafted to Philly. So I think when he says to me, which I'm which I'll I'll I'll, I'll do your your segue for you to kind of be. Uh, uh, valuable and how long winded I've been here. When I said to him, like, you know, give the message to my high school friends in my fantasy football group chat who are freaking out about this team, you know, give them reason not to panic. And he said, I don't know, Sixers fans want to trade me, but he's smiling. And I think that's a microcosm of where he's at in that I think he recognizes ha- having been an MVP runner up the last two years and not really wanting to. He's not like a super as much as he's a troll online and he makes these funny comments. He's pretty introverted person and he spends a lot of time off the court in sweatpants playing FIFA at home. So I'll bring this to a close and saying that, like, I really felt like he kind of feels super comfortable where they're at and feels comfortable where he's at. And he's kind of seeing the bigger picture now of how you kind of need to take control of your narrative sometimes in this present day where uh, a former employer of both of ours can take one quote out of context and blast it across social media. And it turns into a national disaster for uh, Philadelphia 76ers fans. In, in fairness, uh, the uh, uh, practice of taking a single quote uh, and removing all context and blasting it out across the universe is now something that everybody does. So not right. just a former, not just a former employer of yours and mine. Um, in fairness, it's it's sadly now just about everybody. Um, which is why your podcast is called "Don't Aggregate This." Um, <laughs> I, I assume that's more or less the genesis of that. It's pretty straightforward. Well, I titled it because I know it will be, and I think it's really funny to read an article saying, you know, Howard Beck said on the "Please Don't Aggregate This" podcast. <laughs> It's just so it's that really gets me every single time. It's a it's a it's a great uh, meta joke, um, perhaps for for the for the podcast title and for taking advantage of our completely fucking warped media ecosystem. Um, so let me get to that quote, the quote that, of course, was, in fact, aggregated uh, <laughs> wildly. So I'm going to read from your story. He was then asked to deliver a message to the Jake Fisher childhood friend group chat, um, to the segment of Philadelphia's fan base that has found cause for panic, that is pounding their timeline to remove Doc Rivers and wants to declare that the trade that landed James Harden is already a failure. Um, those are the sentiments of, of apparently your group chat, or at least uh, Sixer fans that you're hearing on, on radio down there. And Embiid says to you, quote, I don't know. Sixers fans, they want to trade me. Then you write the 28-year-old grin wide as uh, breathy laugh filling the space. There's that twinkle in Embiid's eye when he's ready to unwind and talk. And then you say to him, you don't believe that. And Embiid says, I do believe that. They want to trade me. Is he just dicking around or does Joel Embiid really think that there are fans who want to trade him? Because the only time I've ever heard in the last couple of years, and I fear this being aggregated now, the only time I've ever heard Joel Embiid's name mentioned in quote-unquote trade rumors is when rival executives or scouts around the league do the, who are we keeping an eye on? Well, you know what? If things don't go well there with him and Harden, or if things don't go, like whatever the current drama or, or relationship of the day is in Sixer land that is merits scrutiny, if that does not go well, we're reaching a point where Embiid at this stage of his career while still in his prime could be the guy to want to ask out, right? Like, it's not that complicated. It's the way we look at every superstar in this league these days, especially if you're a two-time MVP runner-up and one of the most dominant players in the league and he's having a spectacular season, like it's it's logical. If you've if you took a swing with this move, this move, this move, this coach, this coach, this coach, and none of them work out, eventually we all assume and rival GMs assume, oh well, maybe Joel Embiid will ask you. That's all that's all there is to it, folks. So like this is not a trade rumor. That <laughs> is the only context I've ever heard Embiid's name even linked to the word trade. Jake, so where is this coming from? Yeah, the only other context I've really heard is who the Sixers could trade for to pair with Joel Embiid, right? So yes, I think, I think where it was coming from is it's Philly, right? And you know, I <laughs> I was listening to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast while I was waiting in the Moynihan train hall 
to head down for that um that reporting trip and that pod has a great um like they they take they have like an answering machine line or I, I don't know how the technology works but they call they they take calls from listeners that are recorded and this one guy was just furious after a loss i forget to who it was but was saying like they're a disaster they're not going to win anything blow it up now hard and stinks trade and be blah 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 so hmm. and and philly is i mean I, I i'm from the area i went to school in boston i live in new york now all three cities are pretty similar in their approach to their sports which i find funny being that all three cities are also like we're not like the other two and they're <laughs> virtually identical in terms of sports profile um i think billy sports talk radio has more of like a woe is me energy than the others um and i think the media scene in uh you know on the local airwaves has a penchant to want to try to play doomsday scenarios out further so i i, I think Embiid having Troll Embiid as his Twitter name, like he's aware that that stuff happens, and I do think that maybe he is trying to pr probably spark a little like "No, we love you" type mm. of reaction. If and if, if there is any type of goal from that, also like it was a random Thursday, and he, I mean, I think he was just fucking around. If I can say <laughs> that on, and to to really like 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 solidify the the standing he has in the franchise like after we stood up from our literal sit down and he starts walking away to the car daryl comes over and like pulled him into his office to talk about some 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 strategy let's say so huh. i mean he's in and i think that's just a a, a, a small literal site not even a scene uh, that's elemental of like how that operation works there like everything that you know in brooklyn uh i think it might be sometimes overblown how much kevin durant is involved with uh leadership there um but i i, I think in philly for sure they work in lockstep i think daryl they're not taking i mean i know they're not taking orders from Embiid, but they definitely consult him on virtually everything. So yeah. um, I, I think there's nothing to worry about for Sixers fans in terms of him being the, the centerpiece and the pillar of this franchise, definitely through this season. And, you know, if they have another disastrous, uh, you know, shortcoming in the playoffs, I think every, every, every situation that could seem as sturdy as possible is, is always open to be revisited but i mean right now and and the resources that this team has invested in building a team specifically around joel Embiid, i think he's pretty happy and the first quote in the story was him saying how he loves where the team is at so <laughs> i think that's all you need to know um well, that, that i mean that that was a completely non-aggregatable response jake like your entire like there was way too much nuance there you're supposed to say <laughs> if it crashes and burns that's it it's over if there everybody's out hardens out Embiid's out docs fired daryl's fired. like you're you're giving the aggregators nothing to go on here it's uh it's really very sad for the aggregators um do we th i mean look it's it's been choppy to say the least uh the Embiid Harden thing, right? Like they've had some incredibly dominant moments and some 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 uh, periods where, especially right after that trade last season, it looked like they were just going to roll people and people got carried away with like it's a new age Shaq and Kobe and all this stuff. Like you know, calm down, people. Um, and it didn't go so well in the postseason. Uh, Harden in particular, because Harden often doesn't go so well in the postseason. Kind of a thing for him. Um, <laughs> And he's been hurt now, and so we don't have a we don't have a massive sample size of these two together. I do still sometimes hear rumblings from other teams, like you know, hey, I, I'm I'm not so sure those guys really like playing together that much. That that's a that's still a thing, um, but I also feel like they haven't played together enough to really work out the the rhythm, the chemistry, the, the feel for each other, and to, and to get on a roll because of injuries and everything else. Um, obviously, his team is still playing without Tyrese Maxey too, so you know. But the three games over 500, like, do you do you get any sense having been around them a bit and having sp spent a lot of time around that team in general? Um, like, is that partnership solid enough? Like, is, is that does everybody feel like that is still the basis for a contender? The Harden and Bede partnership surrounded by obviously, you know, Maxi and a bunch of other really good players. I think so. For for one obvious 
quick answer in that Daryl's leadership structure has always been predicated on uh, how, what are our championship odds? Like literally looking at what the numbers suggest that the team's championship window is. And I don't know what the number is, but they seem pretty convinced at it. Um, being that the number is very, I, I, I if I'm getting this wrong, forgive me, but I believe Daryl's MO is that as long as you have a 5% chance of winning the title, you are a, a fide contender. And that's obviously yeah. very, very minuscule odds. So from that standpoint, I think everything is really kosher there. And also I wrote it in my story. I read your own Weitzman's uh, kind of mini profile, whatever the feature, whatever the the, 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 the descriptor is on the story on James Harden that came out at Fox Sports this morning. And they he had the same thing there that, uh, Sixers people are super quick to point that their pick and roll uh, combination analytically was the number one pairing of all pick and roll combos that did 500 pick and rolls together last season. And Joel even like cited that off the top of his head in my story. So like clearly that's a message that they've all kind of bought into. Yeah. And I think also, you know, I, I tried to write this analogy in the story I wrote in about Sacramento and De'Aaron uh, Fox and Demonte Sabonis coming together. And my editor took it out because he didn't want it to seem like they were saying this, that like to me, the superstar pairings that come from the Houston Rockets tree, obviously Daryl was before Houston, where you know, Gerson Rosas paired D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns together in Minnesota. Monty McNair, general manager in Sacramento, trading for Sabonis to bring with Fox. Like, this is not Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant locking arms and joining somewhere together in free agency or Kawhi and Paul George coming together the same offseason and Kawhi choosing to sign with the Clippers because they're trading for Paul George. Like, when two superstars who are advancing in their age I mean, Embiid's still, you know, right smack dab in the middle of his prime, but he's not 21 anymore. Um, when they get put together by trade, to me, I think as someone who is moving forward in my personal uh, life partner relationship and other friends of mine are either behind me or ahead of me in that little, like, window from pre-engagement to engage to, like, early marriage, like, I think a lot of, thing, a lot of things that cripple, particularly men, is the the anxiety of the wealth of choices that theoretically any person has. And like at a certain point, you just have to accept if you are choosing this path that like no one is going to be a perfect fit and this fit is really great. So let's just like embrace it and pour as much water into it as we can and like help this thing bloom, right? So to bring it to an NBA perspective, like or James Harden and Joel Embiid cut from the same exact cloth to be this, you know, two puzzle pieces that fit perfectly. I don't know if there is a, 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 like even the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors, you know, because it's not just by style of play, it's by personality and it's by these people enjoying being coworkers and spending, you know, it's not just 82 games a year. You're, you're, you know, if you're on a five game road trip, you're playing a game and then flying out that night and checking into a hotel at 3 a.m. and waking up at nine to go to shoot around like it's a long season with a lot of time around each other. So I, I say all this to say my, my my strong sense is that these two guys clearly look at each other as their, their obvious best pieces right now in this. But that was available to them to go get a championship together. So I think that is clearly the crystallized overarching goal of this group um and you know if we ever get to a point where that it is proven to be not their ultimate ceiling we'll read i think everyone will readdress it but for now i think also the team not being healthy where Embiid and Harden and Tyrese Maxey still being out have all missed significant time they're also maybe not using that as an excuse but it seems like they're using they're looking at that as a reason for optimism that we haven't exactly reached our our, our our maximum capacity here so i think the confidence is high that they will that that there's still a work in progress and that the fit with Embiid and harden will continue to progress as they get more and more time together um and i mean i, I think they've still only played under a full regular season games worth of games together 
and their entire partnership. So they're still learning each other out. They're still figuring out how to, you know, a little pocket pass here, the timing on this or the timing on that. So I think they're all viewing it as something that's still maybe, maybe if it is still a work in progress that like it's still good and things are flowing and the, the vibes are good to say the least. I think what uh, NBA listeners are, or fans are listening to this podcast are learning now is that, um, uh, when they think about uh, stars and commitment issues and everything, as you alluded to, they're now probably wondering too, like, wait, is it, is this about Joel Embiid and, and James Harden? Does Jake Fisher have commitment issues? Is that what we're finding out on this podcast? It kind no, of sounds, for, sounds like maybe, you know, you're pro- projecting a, a little bit. I don't know. I did for a bit. I did for a bit. <laughs> so, but, but Harden's actually really like, it's a great analogy. Listen, it's funny because we always use the term honeymoon, right? All this team, these stars are in a honeymoon after this trade or this, this, this star and this, this team is in a honeymoon period. We all, we like, we, we throw around the, the kind of the, uh, the marriage and commitment kind of, uh, you know, verbiage analogies with sports all the time anyway. And Harden, let's face it. I mean, the guy's like a, a five-time divorcee or something. <laughs> it was Harden and Dwight Howard, Harden and Chris Paul, Harden and Russell Westbrook, now Harden and James, uh, Harden and Joel Embiid. Like, um, he spent Harden, his whole career. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you skipped one. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. There, uh, and that. <laughs> it was like five minutes. It's easy to forget. That was his, um, oh, God, I don't even want to say it. I, hey, I was thinking of a celebrity marriage that only lasted 20 days, and I just don't want to go there. Um it was one of those. Um, yeah, no, Harden has gone through his share of co-stars, to say the least. Maybe more than anybody in the course of the first, you know, 10 years of their career. Um, and then, yeah, if this one doesn't work, that's pretty much it. Like, I don't I don't know that James Harden's getting another. Like, Embiid will get a new uh, co-star of some sort if it doesn't work out. But but Harden, like, this is kind of the last shot for him, I feel like. Um, yeah. One yeah. last quick, quick point. To, to kind of sum up everything we talked about and the Sixers and I think and beat himself too. I think they truly are hoping that Tyrese Maxey will become that guy. And once Harden exits stage left and maybe Tobias Harris's contract comes off the books at a certain point in time, like there will be this kind of changing of the guard where, and, yeah. and then maybe at a certain point in time and beat even takes a step back and he's the supporting cast to Tyrese. Like, I think they are confident or at least hopeful that they have the pieces in place to continue to navigate this thing forward. And they've got Daryl Morey's GM, which means we know they will always be incredibly aggressive uh, for any opportunities along the way. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So December 15th, we mentioned, is when the NBA officially, non-officially opens trade season. By the way, this didn't used to be a thing. Like... If you, I don't know if you would use like uh, just Google search for this, Google Trends or something, but the idea of NBA trade season 
we just created this out of thin air within the last, I'd say, four or five years. Um, yeah. it, it There's always been dates at which players who were signed over the summer or signed certain kinds of contracts can can be traded officially. It was never trade season. We never actually like said, oh, this is when it all starts. And now we have, you know, uh, Bobby Marks at ESPN does obviously a phenomenal job in all these things. On the one hand, tweeting 88% of the league is now trade eligible. Um, and 74 players in, in particular, according to Bobby, became trade eligible on the 15th. Um, but then Bobby's also the one turning around and saying, but by the way, everybody, r- reminder, um, doesn't mean that we're going to have some flood of deals on December 15th. That almost never happens. In fact, we're not going to probably have a flood of deals or a lot of or much activity between now and February, probably, because it just doesn't work that way. There is no trade season. There is just simply the time at which more players are eligible. So, yes, it's easier to make a deal now. There are more deals to be potentially made, but uh, you know we don't. No, no one knows when to, to this will start to sort out. But so let's just start with this real quick, though. Um, the Warriors obviously off to an incredibly bumpy start to their title defense. Very strange season for them, anyway. Steph is now out for a matter of some weeks. We don't know how many how many games he'll miss. They are already flirting with disaster. They can't win on the road. Um, in the context of this being the unofficial official trade season, what do you think this does to the Warriors' outlook and the, you know, look, the the growing discussion, and it's been there in the background for a while, and I think it comes to the foreground now of, well, at what point do you see what you can get for Weissman, Kuminga, Moody, whoever, some combination thereof, future picks? Like, they they do have some things they can, some some assets they can use if they need to to fortify themselves in the short term. There's no replacing Steph Curry, duh. Um, but I, I don't know that you want to go two, three, or maybe more than that weeks um, with with just Jordan Poole, your, your other young guys who are still kind of a work in progress, and then a, a Clay Thompson with a lot of miles and and who's being rested on the second night of back-to-backs and Draymond who's got a lot of miles. Like, I just, I don't know how sustainable it is. I don't know there's a trade to fix that, but what do you think that the injury does to their outlook um, in the trade market? To be clear, I haven't talked to anyone with Golden State since the injury news uh, um, happened. But, I mean, I was on the phone with someone from Golden State literally like a couple hours before he got hurt. And... Um, they, I, th- I think a lot of teams right now in that middle tier of the pack of, of both conferences are looking at everyone being bunched up as further reasoning to kick the can down the road at their own <laughs> internal evaluation. But like, we still have to figure out like how good we are, blah, blah, blah. To me, I've been saying this on a couple things I've done now. To me, that's bullshit. Like, sure, maybe you have to figure out how good you are in relation to everybody else. But after 20, 25 games, like if I'm sitting here on my couch looking at the league pass schedule of what games I can watch and I know, all right, the Rockets play this way, the Hornets play this way, the Nets play this way. And I'm kind of like done my early season phase of like, oh, I want to see what this team is up to. Like the, the, the people who are getting paid upwards of millions of dollars to evaluate their own team have to have a strong sense of what they think their weaknesses are, or what their strengths are. Right. So yeah. I, don't, I think that's more of an excuse that a lot of front offices are using to kind of hold their cards close to the vest here. But with Golden State, I think their bigger issues have been the veteran pieces that they've been able to plug in dating back to David West, like, Michael Green has not been what they were hoping he would be. Dante DiVincenzo has been in and out of the lineup. He's been streaky. Like losing Gary Payton and losing Otto Porter um, and even Nemanja Bielitsa threw in some great minutes for them in the finals. Like that, I think, has been more of what I've heard Warriors people looking at the positions to address rather than some type of big swing. So I don't know if this Steph injury does change things. I I wish that my Jordan Poole story that I dropped like a week ago about how could he be the guy, this bridge that they were hoping James Wiseman could be. Um, I probably should have saved that for a week uh, to put that out now. That would have been good timing. I'm a big Jordan Poole believer. I spent a lot of time with him in Sacramento. Um, and the kid's just sharp. Like, I feel like I have had whatever modicum of success I've had in this industry by like looking at people like yourself and Lee Jenkins and Mark Stein and and just looking at the work and like the details you've gotten in your stories and thinking back 
well, what question did you ask to get that information? How did you get that sit down with that person? Like, I think when people want to be successful in a competitive environment, I think it's the only way to be smart about being successful is to act stupid and try to come from a place of ignorance and truly like, I'm uninformed. How do I learn? That's how Poole approaches his craft by asking Steph and these guys questions. So I am curious now to see if this is an opportunity for him to back up what I wrote. But outside of that, um, I don't think there's a big cause of panic there. Um, and I think they're still kind of like, all right, we're Golden State. Like we're we don't we don't stress ourselves out too too much. So we'll see. We'll see if I mean we're gonna go to. Uh, the Warriors always show out to showcase Santa Cruz is one of the bigger G League uh, outfits throughout you know league history of competition and and having a, a good unit out there. So they'll 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 be out there fully staffed. I'll be curious if that if that tone has changed now that he's out at least two weeks. Like I had only heard that he was definitely missing the New York game. So now that he's out at least two weeks, that, that's a big because the standings are so bunched. They could fall pretty quickly here depending on how things go. Yeah, and because the standings are so bunched, it, it, you know, maybe nothing knocks them out either, right? You know, there, there's this is this is a really at the moment this is a very forgiving season, and I wrote about you know the just the the unprecedented aspect of NBA parity recently, and I feel like that's going to have, as you alluded to, possibly a, 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 a chilling effect on the trade market because if everybody thinks they're in, then there's no sellers. You know, teams are gonna. I, I wrote that based on the quarter mark of the season. We're now closer to. Uh, what our buddy Mark Stein calls the first trimester mark. Um, <laughs> so we are we are through the first trimester of the season. We're a third of the way in. To your point, yes, I agree. Teams know who they are by now. You may not know exactly where you're going to land in the standings at the end because things are so weirdly bunched up this season, but you kind of know what you got and what you don't have and whether you're comfortable with the players you have and the the way that they work together. So like I... I'm very curious to see how this goes. And I do think, you know, maybe there will be some separation in the standings in the, in the weeks to come here. And by mid-January, maybe there is more clarity and thus more sellers. But with the Warriors in particular, even before Steph went down, like, obviously, they're having some issues this season. Obviously, they have some depth problems, some bench problems. Obviously, they are missing what they got from Gary Payton II and Otto Porter Jr. Like, you know, I, I've... I've I have thought since before these players were players they were just only uh, picks and a glimmer in in the Warriors' eye. I've always thought they should trade the picks that became all these guys to get immediate help because that's the way I always look at these things. If you've got Steph Curry, if you've got LeBron James, if you've got an all time great, if you've got Kevin Durant, you're you're just all in at all, all, all times. And so I I am curious to see now, not just because of Steph's injury, no one trade's going to fix that, but to the extent that they are going to have a lot of ground to make up, and they need help. And they need veteran help, I think. I, I, I just, I, I'm very, very curious to see whether this means they eventually say, you know what, who's got the most value? Probably Kaminga of, of the young guys. Weissman, it's, it's, a, it's a tough deal right now. And, and, you know, Moody's been up and down. I, I'm just very curious to see if it's either Kaminga's now good enough to play big minutes night in, night out, or is it he's, he's the key to getting us the kind of veteran help that we're missing right now? Yeah, I just think from the that was the 2020 draft. I remember you know they had two picks, um, and I remember there just wasn't anything out there. Like I remember there was some talk about Lamarcus Aldridge at the time, and like in 2013 when the Cavs had the number one pick in the draft, you know, seven years earlier they were thinking about trading for Lamarcus. Like he wasn't the same. He wasn't worth the number two pick, and you know when they had seven and 14. Or yeah, they had one pick in that draft and two picks later. Um, like they're just, there wasn't enough. Even Portland was looking at, at trying to figure out what to use that seventh pick this year. Um, that ended up becoming Shaden Sharp. There just there haven't been players that have just for whatever reason that have been available that have been quote unquote worth those high lottery picks these last couple of years. And also, I don't know how many teams are willing to have their superstar and just gift wrap them over to Golden State. Like there was all that talk about Bradley Beal. Um, yeah. And lead up his contract extension last summer. Like, would the Wizards have wanted to watch Bradley Beal go become the perfect, you know, f final finishing piece to extend this next amazing era in Golden State? Probably not. Probably not. Um, on the other hand, um, they haven't exactly done anything good with Bradley Beal. So I'm not sure they should be worried about what anybody else is doing. Um, I will say so, uh, great. 
uh, piece on Jordan Poole. This is what you do now, by the way. Uh, this is when you say to your editors, hey, you know what? Um, that Jordan Poole piece, you know, we, we, we got a nice run. It was great. We, you know, I was really proud of that story. But, you know, he's never been more relevant than right now. We should push that thing back up to the top of the stack on the, on the page. You know, we should feature that again. You know, like it's still relevant, still fresh. You know, nothing's changed except that he's just got a bigger role now. We should push that back up. So you got to you got to lobby the editors to like bring back the, the story that now has added resonance. It'll, it'll get like that's, that's an extra like 20,000 reads if that comes out today. This is why I call you the professor, man. <laughs> you know all the tricks of the trade. Um, I do think, like, Jordan Poole, some of his best moments last season were when he just got free reign, right? Like, there have been times where it's the Jordan Poole show, and I think, I mean, the kid's got a, a, just an amazing amount of confidence. He's just bursting with confidence. He does have a swagger to him that at times feels, like, maybe disproportionate to his actual production on a given night and there are times where it seems like like the 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 swagger is 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 is, you know a little out ahead of him but there are times he totally lives up to it and he 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 seems to love big moments and he's hit some clutch shots for them like i'm not saying they're going to be just fine without steph that would be ludicrous i do think that jordan Poole um is going to like i think i think he's going to welcome the load and the 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 responsibility the next couple weeks and i think that they'll be okay because of that but it's you know that also just means now you're you're down one more you know guy off the bench or you know whatever I know he's been starting recently it's and, like, yeah. and, down, and down one of the greatest players of all time <laughs> down, yeah just just one of the greatest players of all time no big deal um, all right so broadly then on the trade market um, just a couple of quick hitters here or, or quick ish hitters anyway um, is there any one team or player that you think is driving this thing right now in other words is there a linchpin to the whole thing we've been you know, obsessed with what the Lakers might do with Westbrook. Now, mixed signals about whether he, you know, they would even trade. Like, I, I don't buy any of that. By the way, like the Lakers are constantly putting out like uh, these signals, like, oh no, we actually love having Westbrook. Like, you know, if you could trade him for something, you know, multiple players that are more helpful, I, I, I think they'd still do that. But whatever. Um, is it about Westbrook and the Lakers, and whether they're going to finally do something there? Is it about um, the Hawks <laughs> and? It, it, it's, it's always John Collins, but it feels like the Hawks just have a whole thing to, they've got to address. The Hawks are, are kind of a mess right now. Um, is it about the Pacers and whether or not they think they're actually going to be weirdly competitive with their young crew? And hey, now now we want to keep Heald and Turner. Like wh- who's, it, you know, is it the, the Jay Crowder thing, which continues to be the most, one of the more puzzling um, situations in the league. Like who's, who's, is there any one key to unlock trade season in terms of a, a player or team? Yeah, it's a good breakdown. I think, like, to me, I tend to look at each of these transaction cycles, whether it's the trade deadline or the draft and free agency, um, as like there is like a there's more of like a, an inner vortex that will spin out and everything. So what you're what everything you touched on there, the Lakers, the Suns, Atlanta, New York, and Houston, that kind of seems like the big center of this whole you know glut of inactivity right now. Um, you could throw Detroit in there too, where teams are looking at Bojan Bogdanovich and the Pistons are definitely playing a bit of hardball right now. It sounds like in terms of what their valuation of him is and how much they value him in what they're building. Um, that's kind of the, 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 the center of, I mean, clearly everyone else is talking, but those are the teams that come up the most. Um, I think there's, there's definitely bigger fish out there that I'm, am going to make more calls on today and I'm armed with going into showcase and want to ask people about. Um, but in terms of like the stuff that's really happening on the ground, the calls that are being made right now and and things that have sounded more like legitimate rather than just early. It's funny, like you'll talk to certain executives and they just think that a team calling them and pitching an idea is like a nothing burger, which I guess it is in a theory, but like, for us and for fans trying to figure out where these teams' heads are at, like any idea that is thrown across a phone line is is a data point to understand where that front office is working from. So like the fact that Atlanta keeps looking at Utah as a landing spot for John Collins and then potentially as a team to rope in for a three-way structure to get Jay Crowder, like I don't necessarily care if that wasn't like a, a – like, so someone could look at that and say, well, that wasn't a real thing. That wasn't like we didn't talk a three team trade. But if one of those teams is pitching that idea like that to me is is noteworthy. So 
I do think that we need one of those things. That's typically how this market shapes up. There needs to be a domino to fall before everyone who is looking at themselves in the standings and saying, you know, I don't know how good we are. A lot of that comes down to there are very few executives who in truth can just make a deal independent of worrying about their status or what their reputation will be in this economy where it's not just the aggregation world where now you know, executives have a scorecard and, and you know, uh, a reputation amongst even, you know, every single blog out there who won the deal. I think there is reticence for executives to be the first one to set the market. So it, to me, it does feel like we'll get either a Jay Crowder trade or, you know, something with Atlanta. The Knicks are repeatedly mentioned as the most active team calling around trying to find a home for Fournier, Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Cam Reddish. So if that feels to anyone listening, if that feels like every article you're reading about the unofficial trade season centers around those people, that vortex, if you will, is certainly, I think, the stuff that's closest to getting done. It might not happen until February, to your point, Howard, but that's the stuff I think that's the closest to getting done um, that will potentially have ripple effects moving forward. Yeah. It's interesting because the Knicks chatter is not involving Randall anymore, and it was either early in the season or maybe it was late in the preseason, sometime in October, I think, when when uh, you know p- folks I had talked to were basically saying like, you know, this is, this is the one to watch, like the, 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 the Knicks want to get off of Julius Randle. And maybe the, the fact that, you know, for all of his flaws, he's still kind of their engine on a lot of nights. Um, Every maybe, night. Yeah. <laughs> the Knicks uh, win, Julius Randle's playing well. That's pretty much yeah. it. That's yeah. pretty much it. Um, so it's interesting that he's kind of fallen out of that discussion. Um, I feel like we should still keep an eye on it somehow because I don't, I always look at it as the long term, right? And the Knicks have been very short term thinking li- lately, I-, I believe. But in the long term, like, all right, is Julius Randle the guy who's going to, you know, lead you back to to prominence? Like, eh, probably not. Um, so uh, it would that so that that didn't surprise me when I heard about him being mentioned earlier in the season. Now that that um, things have have kind of progressed to where they are, it seems like that's fallen away. But I don't know. I would still keep an eye on that. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is my my general rule of thumb about uh, quote unquote trade season and the trade deadline. We have a list. We just mentioned it. You and I just named like all of the likely suspects: right? Crowder, Bogdanovich, Pirtle, uh, who you wrote about recently, John Collins, Buddy Heald, uh, Miles Turner, all the Knicks that you mentioned. Um, 
Most years what happens is that none of the guys we're talking about get traded, or maybe one of them does. And then the biggest deal is the one that nobody saw coming. So I'm going to ask you a self-negating, contradictory, might open a rift in the space-time continuum question. Given that every year there's a big trade that we don't actually see coming, who's it going to be, Jake Fisher? <laughs> who's the guy that we're not talking about that is going to actually be the one that on February, whichever date, I didn't look up the trade deadline date. Um, on, that, on that date, we're going to go like, Oh, holy crap. That guy just got traded. How did we not see that coming? Who's the guy that we didn't see coming that you're going to see coming? And 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 I apologize to everybody if we do uh, open a rift in the space-time continuum with this question. Yeah. I'm going to give a tempered answer, as I am want to do, <laughs> in that I'll say this. Like, Chicago, a couple weeks back, everyone was like, oh, the Bulls, they're terrible. Like, look at them to be a seller. And then now, I mean, I wrote about them, and I mean, teams are still thinking, oh, yeah, they could be a seller. But there's also plenty of talk that, they have no interest in selling right now. I mean, maybe they'll do some things to retool and maybe move off Vucevic or something like that. But I, I am skeptical that they're just going to be doing a fire sale and you'll see Alex Caruso and DeMar DeRozan and all those people heading out the door. Toronto is the team that I think rivals are looking at that things aren't obviously going super smoothly. Um, I, re- I saw there was an article today by... Uh, um, I forgot honestly, but someone's saying well, this is on Nick Nurse to uh to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a lot of players that have been um apples of people's eyes of recent transaction cycles. Where I, I had someone with the Knicks recently telling me, you know, we should have gone after Fred Van Vliet the year we didn't. Like we should have. <laughs> <we'd rather laughs> I yeah. said that at the time. I'm on record. I said it at the time. I also said it to some people I knew with the Knicks at the time. Like, why aren't you guys chasing this guy? He's perfect. He's two-way yeah. player, great character guy, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, funny. Anyway, sorry, you got, continue. You're good. You so you got Fred, you've got Gary Trent, whose contract is coming up, and OG, who's playing out of his mind, who um, definitely will want to get paid, or his representation will definitely want him to get paid that – you know, that's the type of stuff that starts to draw trade activity where a team starts to get word of the number that uh, they think their player wants and maybe they're not going to want to 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 foot that bill. So I'm not saying that all three of those guys or one of those guys are going to get moved, but I just I've been struck by how many people from other teams are looking at Toronto and saying that unlike Chicago, where maybe they will be um, they'll have pause because the Bulls won six championships with Michael Jordan and they just are happy to make the playoffs. They don't necessarily need to be chasing championships like other teams and they, they just like to be a relevant playoff team. I don't know if that's the actual thinking there, but that's what people say. Um, whereas Toronto has and Masai and Bobby Webster have shown clear, uh, clear abilities to just swing for the fences, trade for you know, Kawhi make big moves um, in terms of the sign trade with Kyle Larry. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Raptors are still kind of in this muck of seven, eight, nine in the East, and they decide we can either package a couple of our guys to go get someone, or we can trade someone to move. That's that fits more of a Scotty Barnes timeline. Like, that I I I don't know what they're where their heads at. Like I'll I'll say that candidly, but they're just a team that has made big moves in the past that has a lot of players on it that a lot of teams would be interested in on interesting salaries that are very movable that I think is just something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, and and the Raptors, to your point, I mean, like they're – that's a franchise without sentimentality, right? When you trade DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard, like they, they're not worried about sentimentality. They're not worried about like, you know, whatever loyalties, any, any quaint uh, ideas about uh, any of this stuff. It's, it's, it's kind of that Danny Ainge kind of, um, you know, ruthlessness that Masai and, and Bobby Webster have too. And so I think, and they could go either direction. They really could. Um, it, 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 they, they have that advantage with a lot of young players and a lot of guys on movable salaries um, that if, you know, and I don't think they'd be afraid to take a step back either if they thought that was their their best long-term play. Um, the Bulls are, are funny because, I mean, I think everybody had mixed feelings about it in the beginning, right? Just, just the general commentariat, you know, when they made the deal for Vucevic, uh, like, what do you, you know, this, this is your win now move. This is like, they're so desperate to be relevant in the playoff team again. And like that they're still, I don't want to say the jury's out on that deal. I think Orlando won that deal, um, frankly, 
but the Bulls got what they wanted, right? They, they that was the first step toward becoming quote unquote relevant again, and and then they go out and they they get DeRozan and and Lonzo. it's fine. But there was a very low ceiling on everything that they just did over the last two years. But it, as you said, Jake earlier, like conversations that don't lead to trades, even if they're just ideas, it gives us some insight into the, the thinking and philosophy of a franchise. So does moves like that. They had to know that there's a low ceiling on the, you know, trade Wendell Carter Jr. and, and picks and everything else that went into getting Vooch, going and getting a, an older DeMar DeRozan. Like, they know that, that that's not some long-term play and that it's not even a play that puts them in title contention. What does that tell us? It tells us that they really, really badly just wanted to be in the playoffs again. It's just yeah. fine. You know, that's okay. It, it It's come at a pretty steep cost, I think, in terms of the assets they've sent out. And it's a short-term bump, and I don't know where it leads to. I don't know if it's the best idea, um, but I get it. And every franchise, you know, so it's it's always easy for us to do the, and I've done it myself recently. I try not to do these too often, the blow it all up uh, take, right? Oh, the bullshit, just blow it up. This thing's going nowhere anyway. Yeah, totally Very fair take. Easier for us to say than for them to do. You've got tickets to sell and fans who, you know, have bought tickets and an owner who probably wants to make the playoffs and all the other stuff that goes into it. So well, people are playing Jenga. You can just be the five-year-old who walks up and blacks the whole tower down. <laughs> Very easy to do. That's the that's the like, that's by far the best Jenga player role is to be the, the person who just destroys it. Like that's more fun. As a as a as a very serious Jenga player, I, I vehemently disagree. But that's a very <laughs> I haven't spent a lot of Jenga time. Maybe I need to, to work that into my 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 repertoire. Uh, are you good bar, at the great bar game? Uh, great bar game while you're drunk or getting drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, so you've got are you have, have, have uh, like uncommonly steady hands while drinking? Is that the thing? I think I have uncommonly steady hands. We're really showing a lot about my personality here. Maybe going uh, a little too deep. Yeah. I'm I remember not- when I was a little kid and um, when you'd be playing a board game and like your mom or your friend's mom would come in and say, you got to take this to a different room. Like I would be the one who would like carry the board with all the pieces. And like, I don't know. I got the that entire, little, the entire like, monopoly oh. board with oh, yeah. like the little dog and the thimble and the race car, and everything, all the houses, all the hotels. All the oh, cash, yeah. and you get that to the other room, and nothing has fallen off the board. That was my like seven-year-old party trick. Yeah. Wow, that's good stuff. That's great. Uh, along the way, do, like, could you tilt it just slightly so that now all of a sudden, you know, the person's on boardwalk with the hotels on it? Or could you just? No, because I think that's part of the that's part of the the craft. You need to be <laughs> in the sanctity of the game. So. <laughs> well, I I, I, I I should expect nothing less of a young Jake Fisher because you do things to the the highest quality and the highest principles. So uh, I appreciate that consistency. Uh, Some people would disagree, but <laughs> yeah, they're wrong. That's a <laughs> perspective. So yeah. Uh, speaking of which, t- check out all of Jake's work, of course, uh, uh, at Yahoo Sports. Um, his uh, his book still out there, Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. Go pick up that if you uh, missed it the first time. Is that in paperback now? It's now in paperback. I'd be, I really would be afraid to see the number of paperbacks copies sold. So um, <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, help a brother out. <laughs> it, it, still, still time to pick up uh, Christmas, Hanukkah presents, whatever else, folks. Yeah. Uh, and of course, he's got the Please Don't Aggregate This podcast. Uh, please don't aggregate this podcast either while you're at it, uh, <laughs> aggregators. Uh, Jake, great stuff, man. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your kitchenette in the undisclosed location. I'll let you get to the shoot around of an undisclosed team. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. Take care, man. Okay, that's it for today's show. My thanks again to Jake Fisher. Thanks to our producer, Shelby Royston. And thank you all for listening. Remember, you can hear Chris Mannix and me every Tuesday on The Crossover with all the latest NBA chatter. And then on Fridays, it's me and a guest. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. And hit me with your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.